afternoon everyone and uh, thank you for joining me today for the third edition of insanely awesome chats really an initiative dedicated to helping aspiring entrepreneurs you know given the current situation i took on this initiative to really help aspiring entrepreneurs learn from established entrepreneurs um their stories and their sort of ups and downs and really about how to build endurance and resilience during times like covid and so now for our chat today uh, i'm very thrilled that we have yashish dhaiya who's agreed to join us who's not only built a unicorn but also a very successful digital business but managed to pursue his passion in fitness and i don't know if many of you know this he's the fifth fastest iron man finisher from india i'm extremely fascinated in yashish you'll have a bunch of fitness enthusiasts who are who should be part of our attendees today to learn more about this uh, yashish is an alumni of iit delhi and i am ahmedabad as well as ncr he's the co-founder and ceo of policy bazaar in over 12 years he's grown policy bazaar to become a key influencer in consumer decisions around insurance he's an avid sportsman you know crazy about fitness has worked in the past as md of ebookers and was also a consultant with bain and company in their london office so welcome yashish you know we read a lot about how you you know started the company but i would love to hear for our audience today something that you haven't discussed when you started out policy bazaar you know there's there's enough information out there in in media and public but something that you haven't shared before uh when you started policy bazaar yeah i think uh, there's a lot of uh, stuff that's already there but i think uh, you know before we started policy bazaar uh i think this is also in the media by by family lived in the uk and i don't think uh, initially uh they were very keen to move to india um and i also was taking it more as an experiment see this whole thing that you know i was committed and i was going to do it is a bit of a uh you know i think uh, misunderstanding i was thinking it as an experiment you know one of the three four things that you want to try out right okay let's try this policy bazaar thing in india as well uh i think it got funded prematurely so in the sense you know it was just an idea and it got funding and suddenly became real and it kind of sucked you in and once you sucked you in it as after thought you thought about all these things right that health insurance market life insurance market and how important that market is and it kept convincing you more and more but i think i would say when the journey began there wasn't as much clarity it was a very basic journey it was just you know some comparison stuff and all uh i think what people may not know is that uh 3 uh, months after policy bazaar was launched i was still looking for jobs in the uk so uh, you know Uh, it, it, it wasn't like a commitment commitment i think for about the first 3 to 4 months and and yes i had invested some money i had invested about you know of personal money i think i had invested about 16000 pounds which is about 16 lakh rupees which at that time was a lot of money for me right uh, please understand i had never done a business i was always in a job uh, but at the same time it was an option and i think that's you know something that 
many entrepreneurs can take away that it was still an option. Yes, I was not doing any of the job at that time. I wouldn't do this while I was doing another job, but I was still looking for jobs. So it wasn't like I was decidedly becoming an entrepreneur. So Yashish, you know, starting a company as you know, I've done the same and you know, this is, is, is a gigantic task. The fact that you were in London and decide to move to India, it's even sort of more, you know, uh, you're taking a lot more on given the fact that your network is really back in the UK. So, you know, how did you go about solving? I mean, I'm, I'm still curious what made you decide to come, uh, you know, to India and start policy bazaar versus doing something there. And then, you know, capital is one issue. What about, you know, find finding co-founders because I, you know, when, when I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, one of the things besides capital people struggle with is I'm good at one thing. How do I go about finding co-founders? And I heard on your uh, Josh talks, I think it was, you talked about, you had like 18 people when you started the company. How did you go about finding those sort of co-founders and people? So let me put it very bluntly. Uh, you know, yes, I am seen as the face of Policy Bazaar. A lot of people give me credit for Policy Bazaar. Uh, but had the co-founders not been there, I would have never done it. In fact, they are the reasons I did it. It is very clear that uh, they already were in India. They wanted to do Policy Bazaar. I was actually the least committed out of the 18. Honest to God, I was the least committed out of these 18. Uh, so. How did they you got find me. these people, Yashish? Who are these people? They, they worked with me in the past. They worked with me at eBookers. They worked with me at First Europa. So a lot of them are common colleagues who enjoyed working with me. They, of course, enjoyed working with me. They, I also enjoyed working with them. We want to do something together. Uh, we had this idea that, you know, Policy Bazaar could be one of those things that we could work on. But honestly, it was the only idea we could work on together. Otherwise, I would go and do something in the UK and they would do something in India, right? But I think it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the team mentality. And I think that is what is very special about policy bazaar. And the more you hear about it, the more you would realize that it's eventually a team. And I honestly wasn't the most committed one. I was actually the least committed. In fact, uh, uh, you know, these were 2008, eight days. And uh, my parents were telling me every day that, you know, you take a flight and go back. What are you doing here? So I think uh, your team carries you along. And I think that credit many a times doesn't exist, but more importantly, Bhanu, uh, you know, one of the things I notice when I look at companies, and this is something, you know, management and founders should both take into consideration. See policy bazaar as a company, the management stock is higher than the founder stock. If you were to look at Alok and me as founders, right? So our management has more stock than we do. And I think that is very critical. I see startups where 95% of the stock belongs to one founder or two founders, you know, great. They must be great people, but are they the only people that are going to build the entire company? And then, you know, the same people would go out and make big statements that we value our team. If you value your team, where is the equity? Right? So I think equity sharing, it's a very critical component of building any business. And while I wasn't a team player in sports, I, I do individual sports, but in work, thankfully I'm a massive team player. 
so uh, you know and and starting policy bazaar clearly was to my disadvantage because i had a job i had a mortgage to pay i didn't have money as i told you i just had that 16 18000 pounds uh my wife had to go out and find a job because she wasn't working before that before that i was the primary earning person so we had a lot of financial difficulty and uh, here i was in india without a salary without any prospect of a salary and uh, you know the investors telling me that okay you can take you know you can take maybe 20 lakh rupees as salary for the first 3 years 4 years 5 years i was on 20 lakh rupees salary please understand my kids were going to private school in the uk the annual cost for both of them 40 lakh rupees after tax so i think that financial di- difficulty of 5 years people misunderstand let me just give you the facts the facts are there were times when i could not afford road tax for my car or insurance for my car and those may seem like crazy things but those were those were real where back then and uh, i didn't have to make that decision because you know if for myself it was a disaster but for the 17 other co-founders if i had not done that then policy bazaar would not have happened and for them policy bazaar was a dream so can you go out on a limb for other people's dream then i think it's great and if you can you will get rewarded also like i'm getting rewarded now yeah and and yashish this is a great point because i think that's what people see people see the success but they don't see the tolls the hard work the sleepless nights no i am also a big believer of persistence and perseverance so you know coming into this chat i i i felt like you must have spent a lot of time building your endurance but it sounds like you just born with great genes so for people like me and others because you I, i can tell you yashish after i read up on you and i'm very inspired and i bought a bought a cycle and started cycling and my speed's gone up which i feel very good about so i i want to ask you for others like me and you know the audience out there you know can you talk a little bit about you know how you built uh, endurance now it sounds like you're doing it more as a discipline and then how do you use what you've learned in your training um in in building endurance you know for yeah. this as well no sure so i think the earlier part of my life is actually relevant for that up to 2016 till i became 44 because i was always an endurance athlete in the sense i was always a runner i was always a swimmer uh in fact the reason i got into swimming was also the same uh you know i remember in iit there was 1500 meter competition happening and uh, we didn't have anybody who could swim 1500 meters all the good swimmers could only swim 200 300 400 so they said wo dahiya ko pakad ke lao wo long distance running karta hai wo ye bhi karega and i came there and i didn't even know how to swim properly that time but i came first in that race only well of endurance but so but, but i leave that part aside and you're right somewhere i was blessed with great endurance but how did i develop it one of the th- there are two important things i have learned one is uh break it down into shorter periods so if you're doing a marathon don't think about the marathon think about the next 2 kilometers only think about the next small amount of time only and think about what you're going to do in that phase because we are stronger than we believe we are we believe we will not be able to do it but actually our bodies are capable of a lot more than we think they are capable of and so when the 2 kilometers passes and when you get to that point 2 kilometers later suppose you are at kilometer 22 
after kilometer 24 if you only think of the new kilometers you'll be at 26 you'll be at 28 you'll be at 30 my point is if you just think about the next two kilometers and and worry about how you're going to get over the next two kilometers and convince your mind there is nothing beyond those two kilometers then that really helps you that's the that's the mind game one has learned second is uh from a training perspective uh i started interval training back in 2016 and that is a discipline i brought in uh and the discipline uh, and the training part was intervals really help you because instead of doing a 10 km run straight if i broke it into eight 1 km runs with some breaks in the middle or even six 1 km runs my 10 km time will improve very fast very quickly and the reason is your body gets used to the higher speed and because of the multiple repetitions your endurance is building you just don't know it's building up so very high bursts of effort which you can't which you know you can't sustain but which you do repeatedly build a huge amount of endurance capability i think the third uh, aspect is nutrition you have to have the right nutrition because at some stage your body you know runs on carbs and sugars and all that stuff and eventually it just doesn't have anything right and if you know your mind can only handle like it's like you know yeah i got a great mind but if your car doesn't have fuel then then it will stop right it just will stop like or you'll die or something right so i think uh, nutrition is a great piece and the fourth uh, which has become again a part of the habit is uh, further strength training and you know conditioning and flexibility training that all helps you know many a times as sports people we believe you just turn up on the field do your main activity but you almost need to have a similar amount of time so suppose you want to run you know you could be doing anything running cycling whatever but suppose you want to run for 1 hour well you got to have at least 1 hour 40 minutes 20 minutes for the warm up 20 minutes for the cool down something for stretching something for core ex- exercise some strength exercise you need to balance it out you can't spend all your time on the activity you can probably spend half your time on the activity and half the time on the other stuff sorry i'm going through it very fast and the last would be rest rest is important because if your body doesn't have rest and these all these concepts banu i did not know in 2016 but but now i know them and so while my timings are improving i feel far more comfortable doing the races now that time it was uh, you know suddenly hit me like boom you know i wasn't comfortable doing the race i was having to put in effort but now i can do it effortlessly i think that's the difference so so yashish i can almost draw parallels to you know all the ingredients that you talked about could be used in building a business but i'm keen to hear from you how much of that have you applied to building policy bazaar i applied all the time i applied all the time so it's the same thing in policy bazaar if you talk to anybody in policy bazaar they will say this guy cheats us because he in fact my daughter you know they make this caricature and she was only 4 years old when she wrote this she wrote deceiving that he's a deceiving person and so do my office people say and what they say is he builds mirages he only talks about the next 2 years as if at the end of 2 years we're going to get some major victory and after 2 years it's it's like the next 2 years it's like the next 2 years it's like the next 2 years but it's always a 2 year plan 
and for two because i think it takes about two years in business to deliver anything meaningful even if you're doing a small part of strategy or something like you know if you want to develop a app experience it takes you two years to deliver it it's, you can't do it in two days or two months you know the customer feedback the whole loop will will take time you know getting the industry together etc so so we work in two year cycles and we build very aggressive strategies for every two years even if you talk to our suppliers they will say policy was a different company every two years because every two years the language we are speaking is different so you know we were a marketing advertising company today we are a data company and it's not because we want to impress investors it is because we genuinely are right so i think uh, uh, that is that is one and the second part is i like to work in very short bursts of very high effort so you know i may have again you know and and repeatedly so without think so you you know you can't last that way forever you can probably last half an hour one hour two hours one day but you will have a break and you'll start again and then you know you you balance it like work gets balanced with exercise which is a effort during the day or are you talking it about it can be anything it can be anything manu it can be a day it can be a month it can be a week it can be an hour but it's always shorter bursts so even in a meeting you will see me actually go on and off right it's I, i'll focus for a bit then i'll go off then i'll come back again i'll go off so it'll just keep happening that way and um, and as, as a culture that's kind of building up in policy bazaar in fact what one of the things that's happened because of that is one is able to kind of spot a small piece in a haystack right a nail in a haystack or whatever you want to call it you're able to kind of pinpoint very quickly because you get work in very sharp focused efforts and the third part is you know as i spoke about nutrition etc all those pieces you know all this fitness exercise etc it all feeds into the work you know i think we we are not a our work will only be as good as our body permits as our families permit as our minds permit and so everything has to fall in place and so this whole holistic thinking also applies in business because if you know if some parts of our life are not working it will obviously have an impact on our business in the medium to long term so i think uh, those are the kind of things one can apply here so yashish i'll i'll start picking up uh, audience questions and comments so deepak it's more of a comment he's making that you know that you're an awesome person seem very down to earth i think people really appreciate your commentary about valuing the team and i'm i'm pleasantly surprised about your comment about how you shared equity and and how a lot of those people have stuck by you which is which is a great feat you know for all these years um i'll get to a question by sandeep it's really about you know when things are tough right um and you almost think of giving up i i saw some commentary also that in 2011 when the insurance regulator had changed its policy for online policy aggregators it had you rethink your business model so how did you cope with the stress around that situation um and and also you know i think i i think you came out of it really well but there are situations when you know i i, I think you you almost have to say that you know i've given it my best shot and i need to just move on and how do you make that distinction that do i continue to stick on to what i have and you know continue to go at it because you will find entrepreneurs you know that will maybe stick on to a business model that they really believe in 
but nobody else believes in um and they keep going at it and they never see the light at the end of the tunnel so how do you make that distinction and in your case what how did you make that distinction so badu i've been through failures uh, and i've been through very stressful situations and i've been through successful situations also all three and i'll try to give you some examples of all three uh success is easy so when it comes the only thing i try to do i'll give you an example so our health insurance business uh grew 160% year on year in june or july and our team was very happy about it right 160% growth and i was also happy about it you know who wouldn't be happy with 160% growth but the only thing every review i was doing was telling them that guys you are enjoying the ride this is not because of you and that's a very harsh message to give to the management team and your they're like family right uh and it's not a message i want to give but it's a very important message for them to get because that was true if they had tried harder they could have gone to 200 because it's in the successful times that you actually try the least because you know you're being pushed by the wave it's usually when you have the wind behind you that you try the least but the best cyclists also pick up at that time i have noticed sometimes there are cyclists who take a lead of 100 meters in the downhill because that is when they say everybody is relaxing and this is when i'm going to really push forward right and uh, in fact one of our business units was having a very tough time at that time and i said look you know so i think success is a time when you must work hard very very hard to get ahead because everybody is going to be relaxing during the stressful time right second stressful times i first of all acknowledge them so i remember you know when the regulations changed and all me i went to my co-founder and i said these were my exact words i still remember ke yaar ye to ulcer ulcer ra ke chhodenge mar ke chhodenge ye to because you know i could feel it in my stomach right you could feel the ulcers in your stomach <laughs> i have i have even been to the regulator many times and said ke sir mar jayenge sir hum to aise agar aap aise karte rahoge to kyunki but that's and I, and i don't mean it to <laughs> i i mean it genuinely but it's good to acknowledge ke yaar mere ko stress ho raha hai is cheez se right i'm getting stressed because of this and then to laugh about it because you can't do much else about it like i'm not an expert right i'm not a expert at meditation or anything but what we would do is we just laugh about it we beat laugh really hard about it as i say you know jab kafi lag jaye hasiyan lag jati hai in fact my kids are the same thing you know so one day we were doing the plank and we compete with each other they are also very fit they are both national level athletes and all that stuff so they are both very fit so we were doing the plank and you know it had been multiple minutes and all that stuff and then i started laughing and the, the and my daughter said you know this is the most dangerous phase <laughs> because once he starts laughing he is going to stop feeling the pain and he is going to keep going <laughs> so so i think it's very important to laugh a lot because stress to aayega yaar matlab you know what can you do in business right stress will be there i think and and you'll get some terrible stress at times mostly from stress comes from uncontrollable quarters and you know clearly 
one uncontrollable quarter for us is the is the regulation and all that right and you know it'll just come and it, it may it may make sense it may not make sense but it will be there um i think the third give up i'm looking back at the times i've given up uh it's always been because of a disconnect a people disconnect it's never ever been because an idea was good or bad no idea is good or bad i think and i can be wrong here huh? i can be totally wrong but this is my i can only tell you what my experiences have been over the last you know 20 30 years which is okay which is a decent amount of time and if i look at my failures i failed at um, at uh, first europa we failed in doc prime uh, you could call those failures failures you can call them early learning uh, you can call them whatever but the reality is there was a disconnect there is no reason why first europa could not have become 10 times bigger than policy bazaar if our disconnect wasn't there disconnect can be on values it can be on thought process it can be on anything every business has to have so for example in in doc prime i could never there was a level of comfort with spend versus revenue i am not worried about the actual spend versus revenue that we can handle that we also have for example in some of our other businesses but it is when a comfort sets in that this is okay you know so and so is doing it so it's okay see that becomes something that becomes untenable then because just because you know every company has different values and because a facebook or an amazon or a paytm or somebody can do it doesn't mean we can do it or because one mg can i don't know right my point is if there is disconnect failures happen and i think effort should be put in in making sure that those disconnects don't happen if i look at even uh, first europa it was the same we had a french business who wanted to spend a lot and we wanted to curtail and he thought we were curtailing him and he wanted to and eventually it became a situation where we just couldn't handle that that you know dinosaur or whatever and maybe i was a dinosaur i don't know right who who is to say who is right or wrong but if you have a vision level disconnect a comfort level disconnect a strategy level disconnect then you cannot succeed uh and my failures there would be inability to sit down and i i tried quite hard quite honestly but sometimes it's an inability to sit down and reach consensus so um you know i want to ask you this i was speaking to a leadership coach and he told me if you can't do 100 pushups you can't be the ceo so i i'm just wondering do you i mean i'm sure given the fact that you're such a fitness freak yourself is this now become a criteria for you when you hire people no no fitness is certainly not a criteria i encourage it and uh, uh i like it but you know sometimes yaar it's very very strange banu once i had a cv with a guy claiming that he was uh, a state level swimmer so i asked him so what what event did you do so he said i used to do the 200 meters so i said and what was your timing and he said i think 36 seconds now 200 meters will take you 
two minutes, 20 seconds or so if you are a state level swimmer. My point is, fitness is a state of mind. It's not about what you've achieved. And uh, I think uh, we, we still hired that guy. I, I kept laughing at him for the next two years. Because every time I'd meet him, I would say, huh, by state level swimmer, tell <laughs> 36 seconds, I've done 200 meters. How do you do it? My point is, uh, no, we certainly don't. I, I like people who are fit, but I also think, uh, uh, you know, it's a, it's a personal choice at the end of it. Many people in our company don't like it. And I'll give you some examples. There is a guy uh, called Neeraj in our company. And uh, he's certainly not a fit guy by any standards. But we were playing a basketball match once, very, very early, uh, you know, just when we had started. And what I saw, this guy did not let the basket go through, man. Like he just wouldn't let the guy go through. He would fall. He would break his knees. He would do anything. And you know, that one characteristic I picked up that this guy will, he doesn't have the ability, but he will give everything to not let, you know, I'll give you one more example. People who I'm very impressed by. I met this gentleman, um, uh, Arun, he's uh, Colonel Arun, uh, Colonel Arun Malik. And we were doing the Airtel half marathon, right? And uh, he's, he's uh, one or two years elder to me. And while we were doing the Airtel half marathon, uh, I was not able to keep up with him. And this guy slowed down just a little bit to make sure I could keep up with him. He never mentioned it, you know. About two, three days after the thing, I went to him and I said, would you please like to join Policy Bazaar as chief operating officer or anything? He, he refused. But you know, if I see value like that, I would love to have such people. So I, I, so all I'm saying is I don't need to have specialists in a particular field. I need those values where people can do something for somebody, where uh, people can give everything even if they don't have the ability. right? Uh, those values are what I look for. Uh, and, and those values don't come on a CV. You, you feel them. So listen, I, I'm going to move to uh, an exciting segment of our chat now. I call it the rapid fire. So, uh, you know, just fire away quick answers to these. Your favorite entrepreneur? I like Sanjeev. Bikchandani, quite a bit. I also, um, yeah, I think Sanjeev Bikchandani would be there. Favorite athlete? Uh, I've been reading a lot about Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is not my field, but I've been reading a lot about him. And uh, the way he's uh, focused uh, on what he wanted to achieve and how he never took no for an answer. Um, yeah, I'm sure there are many others, but that's, that's, that's the person I'm reading about most recently. So, um, you know, I think this is an important question because a lot of the uh, attendees are aspiring entrepreneurs and I get this myself a lot. You know, it's around funding in these times uh, and also finding co-founders. So people who are sort of starting out now, early stage, 
any tips you have for them in terms of how to approach funding and the other big question is how do i get a co-founder how do i find them i mean i think one of the things that you mentioned is look within your own personal networks of people you have worked with um are there any additional tips you can give them sure so the first thing is uh, i know it's a lot of people who said it but increasingly uh, there's a lot of respect for businesses that are able to build something uh, without a lot of capital a lot of respect for those businesses see uh, you would get very excited by the stories of a mukesh bansal or a kunal shah or even if i was to leave policy bazaar today and start another company maybe i could raise a lot of capital or you know a sachin who has a lot of capital uh, you may or may not have the experience to be taken at face value for that larger funding right uh my view is today i am seeing especially in the 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 whole euphoria has gone about you know just the idea people want to see a level of execution and there is lot of respect for execution i have seen some companies recently which have done execution and built a little amount and then their value comes in very fast then after that after that so i am i am seeing companies whom investors are chasing i i will not name them because that may not be right but i am seeing companies out there that investors are chasing at a very early stage and investors chasing and then 10 investors want to get in and investors ask me to do because we have a lot of investors they may ask me to do a reference call just to kind of explain how good an investor they are and some of them are very good investors ron saying is there are companies that are being chased by investors so become that if you are chasing investment it's going to be tough uh it's just that's just the reality that's just the reality and you know the the way the common theme i have seen across all these who are being chased by investors are they have built some traction without the need for capital whether they've used a b2b medium done some push work and they are usually very small teams very small so they are not like large teams they are like many times the question is yaar what do we do this is the only guy running the business and so that becomes a bit of a okay so yeah okay with capital they'll build that right that that is a, that is an easier problem to solve than to have a big team with no revenue and a big idea needing a lot of capital that is you know increasingly bound to be a disaster uh or or more likely to be a disaster right i think uh, in terms of co-founders see you will need it will be good to have one co-founder who understands technology quite well if you can have a third co-founder who understands law and legal a bit and compliance that's fine but that can also come later uh, but if you are in a tech business having one co-founder with deep understanding of tech will be very helpful because that will help you into the future as you keep scaling your vision so usually you should have one holder of vision one holder of tech that works quite well uh if you are a tech person it'll be good to get a visionary co-founder right uh, you could also get a co-founder uh from a fund because that's that's another very interesting thing i have seen these days that you somebody works in a small fund whether it's a safe or a Uh, safe is not a small fund. There are large funds. I'm saying Matrix, Safe, all these funds. If one of those people can join you, because then they probably have a network of people who, uh, you know, can credibly invest with you. Because I know you will need that capital. Like you know, one of the reasons policy was successful, we may have everything else, but eventually Infoed supported us, and Infoed supported us not because I, I'm sure they say they were, we were a great idea, but you know, 
Sanjeev and Hitesh have known me for some time, right? So I think the relationship-based investment still exists. I would also be very worried to invest in somebody I did not know at all, right? So I think uh, that relationship can smoothen the investment. So if you could get one of the co-founders as being somebody from one of these funds, they could really help you, uh, you know, or somebody who's got a relationship with a large organization. And I think the first uh, investor you got to value. Even today, I will never do anything that uh, InfoEdge does not want. Right. So I think you've got to value because without them, you were, you know, there's no business. And that that uh, value has to stay. Great, Yashish. So thank you. I think we've come to the end of the hour. I know you're a busy guy, um, and you're taking the time out to have this chat. I am hoping our audience found it very very insightful. And uh, look, all the best with Policy Bazaar. I'm hoping to see the next generation of products coming out of Policy Bazaar. As you mentioned, you're looking to capitalize on the smartness that you see on your platform and uh, you know continue to stay insanely awesome and keep inspiring us you know with your uh, uh, fitness uh, goals as well thank you thank you bhanu thank you very much thank you very much for having me over really enjoyed it